Bismillah alhamdulillah. This is part two, and we're dealing with the subject of abuse and families, etc. And we're going to pick up where we left off. We were talking about this is from the shaitan when these things happen. Now I realize that sometimes this happens and people like to keep it secret. And keeping this a secret is correct, except that you do need to talk to somebody who can give you help. And we want to see the Muslims do good, and one of the best good that there is, as the Prophet ﷺ said, help your brother in oppression. Whether he's the one doing it, or the one it's being done to they said, wait a minute, we understand if it's being done to him, we have to help him. Bulum was the word that was in Arabic, oppression. Help your brother uh, in Bulum, whether he's being oppressed or if he's the oppressor. They said, well, of course we should stop somebody from oppressing our brother. But what do you mean help him, him, if he's the oppressor? Stop him. That was the answer. Stop him. So this is what we have to do as Muslims to stop the one who is committing this bulum, this oppression. Allah hates oppression. And Allah says, by the way, there's a saying of Allah, that He forbids Himself to ever oppress. Allah never does bulum. And He hates it when we do it to each other. So let's make dua that this doesn't happen. Or if it's happening, it will stop. Because this is a very bad thing, and it's not a part of Islam. It's against the teaching of Islam. When we do this, when we get control of this, we're going to find that our children are going to be a lot better. I flew all the way out here to California from Washington, D.C. five years ago to visit a family in the northern part of California because they said their son was becoming a Christian priest. And they said, we really want you to talk to him because we know you used to be a preacher in Islam, and I mean Christianity, before you came to Islam, we talked to him. I said yes. I went. Boy's like 20 years old, 22 years old, and he didn't really want to come over. He didn't live there anymore. He lived with his girlfriend, and she's a devout Christian, second devout Christian girlfriend that he's had. And he's going to become a priest. He's going to get married to her, and uh, not Catholic priest, but in another uh, Christian religion. They wanted me to talk to him about it. Finally, they got him to agree to come over because I'd come all that way. And he came and he brought his Bible with him. I talked to this man for hours. Hours. He agreed only to one hour, but he sat there for six hours. And he watched me pray Dohar and he watched me pray us. But still, when it was over, he said, I don't know, I have to think about it. You know what he told me in the conversation? He opened up totally. He told me I grew up in a very abusive family. His father was very devout, by the way. His father had fought against the Russians in Afghanistan. Had been a commander over there. And helped win the war against Russia. And then came to this country. But, the father, for whatever reason fell into drinking alcohol and would beat the mother when he got drunk. The children saw this and were helpless. But they didn't know what to do. 
they still put the children in Quran school, but the Quran school was being run by somebody from Asia. I won't say what country. And the Quran teacher, who couldn't speak English, would get real angry at the children if they made any mistake. And whether you made a small mistake, a big mistake, or really did something bad, it was all the same. You were still going to get the same punishment. He had a long stick, and he would switch the children really hard and hurt them. And this happened to them every time they went to Quran school. So what the child is saying, and but I'm talking to a grown man, but he's living it again when he was telling me, almost crying, telling me. He said, everywhere I went, I'm being told, this is Islam. The father is drunk, saying, this is Islam. He's beating on the mother, and she's saying, this is Islam. And he's going to the Quran school, and they're beating him there, and they're saying, this is Islam. So they're blaming their punishment, their beatings, on Allah's deen. Do you blame him for wanting to leave? When he went to the church, it was peaceful. It was quiet. There was no screaming, no shouting. Muslims scream and shout inside the masjid. Christians never do that in the church, by the way. Never do that in the church. They talk in the church like it's a library. They whisper in there. Muslims think that they're in a bar. They scream and holler, I'm sorry, but this is what I have heard. And in the parking lot, oh my God. Allah told us, we read from earlier in Surah Luqman, about the one who walks around with this pride and arrogance and shouting, and Allah does not like the braying of the donkey. That's what Allah compares it to. And when a man comes home and he's drunk or high or whatever, and he's got his fist doubled up or something in his hand and he's beating on his wife and the children see this what do you think? so this is what the boy told me I said well what about belief? let's just talk about belief he agreed that the belief in Islam is absolutely perfect he said but in the church that I go they don't believe Jesus is God he's just the son of God I said isn't that enough right there? he said well they don't mean really a son and blah, blah, blah. I said, but you don't have Muhammad anymore. He said, but maybe this is where the violence is coming from. I said, oh, why you say this? Well, because my parents said this is in Islam and, you know, it's okay because the Prophet Islam said blah, blah. No, he never said that you can beat anybody. Did he hit people? Did he walk around slapping people? Switching people? No. I'll give you one classic case, although there are many, 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 many. But a classic case, beautiful case, is when in Medina, when they had the masjid, they didn't have a masjid in Mecca, by the way, never did have, but in Medina, they had a masjid. And non-Muslim came into the masjid. Learn about Islam, or just be there with his friends, who knows. But he came in, he had to go to the bathroom. So these were crude people. He just began urinating right there, going to the bathroom, right in the middle of the masjid, on the ground, because they didn't have a floor, they had a ground, you know, dirt. The companions were so upset, they were going crazy, they wanted to take his head off. They were, you know, but the Prophet said, no, let him finish. And when he's done, clean it up and tell him, we don't do that in here because this is where we put our heads down to make it. 
Now, which do you think would have a better effect, going up and beating this man, screaming at him, or with the Prophet Sallallahu Which has a better effect? And it shows how much compassion we need to have for each other. And if you have any brain in your head, you should realize that the Prophet is being this kind, this merciful, to a stranger who is not even a Muslim, then how much compassion are you supposed to have for your wife? Who is a Muslim, by the way, is somebody who is devoted to you and to Allah. Somebody that puts up with you when nobody else would. And is definitely taking care of your children, which you wouldn't want to do. And trust me, if anybody's wife ever dies, and you talk to this man, and he's trying to take care of his kids, talk to him, and he will tell you how important that wife really is. You don't know what you've got until you lose it. Whether it's through divorce or death, a man who loses his wife is never going to smile the same way again. Because if she's a good Muslim lady, of course, he's going to be missing a part of himself. And he's, if he gets married again, he's still going to compare the next wife to that one. So I highly advise all the Muslims to consider this. It's wrong for men to beat their wives. And ladies, it's wrong for you to beat your husbands too. Okay? Not right. I know some women do that. The men are never going to tell anybody. But some women do that. It's wrong to hit people. This means that you're not really able to communicate very well. People don't get the idea what you want, that you have to resort to this. I spent a lot of time on this subject because I think this is a subject that most people don't talk about very much. And I know it exists because I've been dealing with families for a long time in counseling. I've had problems in my own families, my own sisters. I've had problems even with my own children who saw other children doing things and come home and want to beat on each other. But it's not acceptable acceptable ways of dealing with children. What can we do with children, by the way? Have you ever wondered what can we do? Child's bad. Take them out of circulation. You know when somebody's bad in this life, well, we put them in prison, right? Take them out of circulation. If a child is being really, really bad and they won't obey and you've asked them to stop, you reach over and take them over to the wall and put their nose on the wall and they're out of circulation. They're in what's called time out. Everybody else gets to continue on. Game gets to keep going if you were playing some games. If you were watching some program, whatever you were doing continues. You were eating. You keep eating. They're on the wall. They're in time out. And now I'm speaking from Western mentality. Because this is not from the Sunnah to do this. This is not in Sunnah to put the people on the wall. But this is just an example of what you might do. From the Western mentality, they said, one minute for each year old, but no more. So if a child is three years old, three minutes tops. A child's five years old, five minutes, that's all. Ten years old, they say when you get to ten years old, this is too old. Why are they ten years old and they're still doing these things? Ten years old is too old, but ten minutes. But it needs to be really, you need to talk to them. 
because you shouldn't be seeing this very often. And somebody 25 years old, you know what he said? <laughs> Let his wife deal with him. <laughs> this, is, this slows him down. I, I used it on my daughters, and I found it helps. Because nobody wants to be in timeout. It's like embarrassing. Plus, you feel left out. And you feel like, oh man, you know, I'm missing something. And this is, doesn't work. So then, after the first time, when you tell them, okay, you ready for timeout? No, 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 no. You ready to settle down? Okay. But remember this. Physical abuse is that. It's abuse. And it's bullum, and the law doesn't accept it. If you're having problems, get help. Go to the people that deal with this in counseling and get some help, but don't resort to beating and or being beating. If any of the youth are listening to me and it's happening to you, you need to get help. Don't be quiet about this. You can help your parents by getting help for this because it's not right. By the way, don't think that this is something that's real big amongst Muslims. It exists. But it's much, much, much bigger amongst the non-Muslims. To the extent that if it were a disease, it would be at epidemic proportions. It's Even though you don't see it in public very much, it happens a lot behind the scenes. Another problem is with sex. And in another program we can go into that a little bit more, but I'll just sum it up by saying that you know in Islam there's no sex except in marriage. There's no boyfriend-girlfriend relationships. You can have a boys and girls that are friends to each other up until they reach puberty and then that's all over with. It doesn't exist anymore. Once a girl is old enough to have children or a boy is old enough to have babies, they don't run around together anymore. They don't hang out alone together anymore because this is against Islam. Don't do that and don't say, oh, it's okay, they're, you know, they're cousins or something like that. You can marry your cousin in Islam, therefore it's illegal. You don't do it. But the other problem, a lot of parents refuse to do this today. But if you want to follow Islam, you need to know what Islam is. Islam does not say your child has to have PhD before they get married. They don't have to have their masters. They do not have to have their bachelors. And in fact, they do not have to graduate from high school to get married in Islam. In fact, the Prophet said, as soon as they're old enough, get them married. And if you said, well, yeah, but how is my son going to get married when it costs about $130,000, you know, for the wedding and for the mother and for the, you know, uh, the food and uh, all of the things we have to do for the parents and the jewelry and all oh, none of these things are in Islam. None of it's in Islam. The examples from the Prophet are things where the women were given little small things. And if somebody didn't even have anything at all, it was to teach her an ayah from the Quran. Get them married while they're young. Don't wait till they get too old. And I have spoken with some brothers in other countries. It's so sad. It's pathetic. 
he's got his PhD, he's got his degree, and he's now out here with a career. He owns a house. He visits his parents all the time, or some of them, they live with their parents. And you ask them, well, what about getting married? He said, you know, I was going crazy when I was 17, 18 years old. I wanted to get married so much. He said, but now, you know, I don't even think about it anymore. I don't care if I get married or not. What has happened? Do you know? They've lost. And the same for girls. A 30-year-old girl? It's not a girl. That's a woman. And one who was more than 30 years old in one of the Arab countries emailed me telling how she had never been allowed to even talk to any boy, which I understand that. But her father refused to talk to any boys for her. Her mother wouldn't talk to the father on her behalf. And she said, all they do is use me to take care of the parents. She said, I have such dreams. And she's sending poetry to me, telling me how she would like to get married to anybody. And finally, the last one she sent to me is uh, suggesting that maybe an older man like an American Sheikh would be good to get married to. And I said, okay, it's time to end this email conversation. Because I don't want no old lady over 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do that to your kids? Is that what you want for them? Just because you want them to have money? You want them to have wealth? You want them to have their Jannah here? Is that what you want? You want your children to have Jannah here? You're building Jannah here. Big house. Nice gardens. Huh? Fancy cars. High status. Jannah on earth. Okay. Wait a minute. What does the Hadith say? Adunya sejnu mu'min wa jannatu kafir. The material world is a prison to believers, but it's the only paradise for the kuffar. Who builds their paradise here? Not believers. Did you read about the Hayat al-Sahabi? Did you read about the lives of the companions of the Prophet And what did they say? Let's go build a big, big mansion out here. Let's build a huge freeway. Let's build a lot of businesses. And then people will come to Islam because they'll see how successful we are. Is that what they said? No. No. And no. Some of you used the story about the Sahabi who went to India in trading. And you said, see, they were businessmen. And the people came to Islam because they saw how successful they were in business. You fear Allah. Taqallah. You know that's not true. They were traders. They went and traded, but they didn't see them coming down the road in a Mercedes Benz. These people walked or rode animals like anybody else. What they were impressed about the Sahabi was their integrity, their honesty, their faithfulness, the fact that they didn't indulge in alcohol and chasing women and all the other bad habits. That's what they were impressed with, not their wealth. In fact, many of them didn't really make that much money. And keep in mind that that again is one of the points that they realize these people are not out for money. They didn't cheat me. They didn't rob me. They didn't trick me in the trade. They weren't out for money. 
So please don't use that as an excuse and say that, well, the Sahabi, you know, they were wealthy and so we're just coming. They weren't! And you shouldn't say that. It's very unbecoming that we lie about the Sahabi or Allah or the Deen or the Prophet. Okay. I think I got that out of my system. <laughs> but I want to be sure that we understand that our children have rights. They have big rights. They have the right to be raised up in an Islamic environment. That's why you do not marry a non-Muslim woman in a non-Muslim country. Because your children will not get their rights. Don't tell me this is the Ahl Kitab because even though the woman might be, which means that she's very devout Christian, never misses church, reads her Bible every day, it also says in the Quran she has to be a virgin. Whoops. Oh, you forgot that part? Or you just didn't want to read it? And the brothers come up to me, Brother, how many times after speeches that I give every week, brother comes to me, Oh, brother, uh, I have a problem. Can I talk to you in private? I already know what he's going to say. See, my wife, she's not Muslim. And, I said, and that's enough. Thank you. I don't need to hear the rest of it. I have no solution for you. I don't. Because you made all the mistakes. You put yourself in a corner that nobody can get you out of. Do you have any children? No. Alhamdulillah, get away from the lady and forget about the whole thing. Yes. He has children, you get a problem. Because in the United States, you can't steal those kids and run off with them. They will be after you. But according to Islam, you can't let them not be raised as Muslims. Now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You shouldn't have done this to start with. Oh, but I got a fatwa. Oh, well, that's nice. That's nice. I'll tell you what. You, is that what you go by, fatwas? I'll tell you what. I can show you where you can get a fatwa for anything you need. In fact, there's a woman, professor of Islam, that will give you a fatwa for anything. Anything. Women lead the salat. Women give the khutbahs. Uh, girls can marry girls. Boys marry boys. It's all fine with her. So you just want fatwa. And she'll give it to you in Arabic if you like. No problem. Now, my Arabic's not real good. I don't know the difference what she's got the difference between a fatwa or a feswa because it's all the same thing to me and you can get your own translation of what I just said for sure when you put yourself in this kind of trap you have yourself to thank for it there are so many Muslim sisters in this country who are not married, who need husbands. Why did you jump over them to go for the non-Muslims? Am I right or wrong, sisters? If I'm wrong, just tell me, shut up. I'll be quiet. Am I wrong? Thank you. But the boys said, well, yeah, but this girl here, you know, she's a real good, you know, Christian girl and... No, I'll tell you what she is. She's real naked and you're looking at her. That's what the truth is. That's what you went after and that's what you got. And that's all you're going to get here and that's what you're going to be looking at on the Day of Judgment. 
The Prophet told us, a man can get married for a girl's beauty, or for her wealth, or her social status, or her piety, for her taqwa. And which do you think is the one a Muslim should be marrying for? Oh, but Sheikh, I love her for Allah. Okay, what if she only had one leg? Still love her for Allah? Uh, what if she was severely burned on her face? I saw a sister had severe burn on her face. We still love her? Uh, well, uh, huh? She memorized the whole Quran. She'd be real good to the kids. But maybe she has a hump on her back or a wart on her nose. Huh? Then what? Then what? So you were going by looks. And this is not acceptable. It's not acceptable. But by the way, you know, uh, my parents, uh, we're from such and such country in Asia and, you know, we have to marry from our own, yeah, otherwise it's a big problem. Oh, okay. Alright. You just have to do that. Yeah, otherwise the family will be all upset and so and so. Okay. Except, how can you say that to me and on the other hand, though, you're willing immediately to run out here and marry Ahu Gitab? Oh, I remember your answer. Oh, but, but brother, that's for Dawah. That was for Dawah. Maybe she'll become a Muslim. Dawah means to invite. And so my question is, what is it you're really inviting her to? And who's inviting who to what? Because when you see your children being raised up as Christians, or pagans, and some of them are that, you know, they're worshiping anything that moves or doesn't move, then where will you be? I started out really saying I want to talk about the children, but this leads up to that. What are you going to do with your children? So it's important for us not to start out in the wrong way. It's important for us, let's get our children married early. And if you say, well, Shaq, it just won't work. I want my son to go to college. And he wants his daughter to go to college. I got two of them sitting right out here right now. I got one, I think, back in here and the other one out there. They've been married for how long? Long time. Year and a half? Can't be that long. I guess it is. Year and a half they've been married. And they haven't lived together yet. But starting this week, they'll be living together here in California. But they were patient. They continued both going to college. Of course, communicating with each other to the tune of how many of those little, you know, phone cards per day. I can't even keep up with a stack of plastic. But they had this commitment. They had it in place. They were young. They need to get married. They got married. Alhamdulillah. Their parents agreed with me. That's a good idea. And they did it. And I'm very happy for them. Neither one of them has any interest in, in anything else. This is their life. Inshallah, they're going to be able to do good with it. So if your children are not financially able to go out and maintain anything, at least let them discover who is going to be the one they're going to get married to. Let them get married 
if they want to be together at least sometimes and be apart and so but let them continue and getting this education is not everything there is you say well they won't be able to have a lot of money so what how many in this room anybody listening to me right now you really believe that Muhammad is the Rasul the messenger of Allah you believe it no doubt in your mind yes how many of you would like to be just like him raise your hand you like to be him follow his way be this like him honestly truly yes how much money did he have and if he had a lot did he give it away immediately somebody bring him a herd of camels would he give it away right away herd of sheep goats somebody bring him a nice coat something beautiful they worked a whole year putting it together for him and give it away right away yes or no gold and silver and give it out to the poor right away yes or no so if you really want to be like that well let's do it let's do it right now just reach in your pocket to everything you got give it away go ahead let me see you do it either do it or realize you're lying you're not really being honest with yourself you're not being honest with yourself you say I really no I am on the no you're not you just think so in Egypt there are people there eating two meals a day because that's all they can get together and sometimes no meat for two or three days that's fact in Pakistan, there are people so poor, they're selling their kidney just so they can get married. But they're paying so much for the marriage. You know about this stuff. This is happening every day. But we're over here, and you know how we're living. Whatever we want. You want to go out to eat today? You got the money? Sure. 20 bucks? 50 bucks? Eh. Big deal. We'll fill up the car. How much it costs to fill up the car out here? 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Depends on your gas tank, doesn't it? How far would that money go to help children get married in other countries? SubhanAllah. I'm going to wrap it up with that. You've been listening to Islam tomorrow. We've been talking on the subject of raising children, getting married, and what all that entails. Inshallah, stay online. We've got more coming up right here on Islam tomorrow. Um, I want to make a dua and ask Allah to forgive us for our shortcomings, especially with regard to our wives and our children and our parents, and guide us to do better. I mean.